0: Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that is a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I'm curious about what men don't understand. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So this is a large topic in general, and initially the working title I had just for the concept was Women vs. Men. But I don't really like that because I don't think we're opposing forces. I don't think it's one against the other. What a better idea is, how can we invite men to understand our experience better? Because I do think it's fundamentally different in the current world we live in. And I'm only going to be sharing from my experiences. I don't claim to speak on behalf of all women by any means. But for me, I live in a very westernized part of The world in Los Angeles, it's diverse and forward thinking, and I still feel the impact of the differences of the gender dynamics. So I want to explore those a little bit together. And initially, where I even got the concept of doing this was an instance that happened a couple weeks ago. I share a co-working space in West Hollywood with some friends because I work remotely and I just do better to have the decompression time somewhere else outside of the house. And so one of the friends that also works there, his name is Adolfo. And I was on my computer and I was doing something and I wanted to show him something. And so I said, yeah, just come stand over my shoulder and I'll give you direction on what I'm doing so you can see. And when he did that, I had a flashback to an instance that happened over 10 years ago. So I was working in an office. Um, it was a pretty large organization and there was an IT person and I was having some uh, issue with my computer. So I had the IT person come. I would say he was like, mid thirties at the time he felt like super old. <laughs> so it's funny that now I'm saying mid thirties cause I'm like about to hit mid thirties and I'm like, that's not super old. But at the time, like felt pretty old and he was, um, kind of gave off weird vibes. Like to me, he was married, but he always felt a little thirsty. So it was just like, okay, you know, it's an area to note. There's nothing that's really been outside of that, of just the feeling but I had an issue. And so I was trying to show him. And so at the time I had a mouse and like a couple monitors. And so I was showing on the mouse and then he went to go, um, alleviate the issue. And he put his hand on top of my hand on the mouse and like felt it and was like moving it. And I pulled back and I looked at him and I said, like, why are you doing that? Like, why'd you touch my hand? And he was like, well, I'm showing you what to do. And I said, just point. It felt so strange to me. It felt so invasive to me. It felt uncomfortable and it felt violating. And even though it was just like the gesture, because he was kind of a strange person, it made me feel even more uncomfortable. And so when that came up, I asked Adolfo, I said, hey, this thought just came up. It reminded me of a memory. Have you ever dealt with this? And he said, no. And I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, And I shared the story with him and he goes, but my wife... Ciela. I know that she's had some instances like that. He was like, how can I best support her? Like in those kind of, you know, flashback scenarios or something greater. And um, I'll give you what we spoke about in the moment of how I think we can have men better support us in those kind of moments. And I think for me, these are the kind of things I would like to hear when these type of topics come up. The first thing I said is when she's sharing something that like that with you, the first thing you need to do is validate that it was wrong because she's kind of using you as a litmus test of, you know, am I crazy? Like, am I reading into this? Was this a bigger deal or not a bigger deal? Like she's trying to use you to gauge if she doesn't trust herself of her feeling of that made me uncomfortable and it felt violating. She's asking you as she's sharing the story, the like the sub question is, was wrong, right? So validate that it was wrong. The second thing is make it about her feelings first. Don't jump to what you think, what you feel, anything. Just say, how did it make you feel in that moment when it happened? And then just let her talk some more. It may unearth some other feelings that she had and say, what were you feeling before it happened? How did you feel after it happened? And just let her talk and let her share about herself. The third thing is Then you can tell her about how it makes you feel. You can say, I'm angry that happened to you. I don't like that that occurred for you. Because that'll maybe my inclination is that'll also make her feel validated. Like, yeah, it was wrong. And someone else, especially a male, feels the same way. And he's even upset on my behalf. The fourth one, and this one is really key. Do not ask her what she did or didn't do in that moment because she probably did what most of us do, which is freeze. And she's having a thousand thoughts in her head of, is this actually wrong? Am I misinterpreting this? Will I risk my job if I say something? Are there power dynamics at play? Like she might freeze or, or go into like fight or flight. Like the instance of what happens in that moment, you don't really understand unless you've been on the other side of that, of it is uncomfortable and you're not sure how you want to behave. Later on, she probably is thinking, I wish I said this, I wish I did that. Um, But in the moment, it's really hard to do that as a female. It's really hard to stand up for yourself. It's really hard to consider the outside factors that may be impacted by you having a boundary for something that violated you. So don't make it about what she did or didn't do or what she told someone to say or anything. Don't ask. Maybe later, you know, when the dust has settled on her being vulnerable with this this story, you can ask her, but don't ask her in the moment of the first time she's telling you. And the last thing is just reiterate, basically say, that was so wrong. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I'm here for you. And now that you've set yourself as a safe place for her to share these kind of things, it may come up more. Or later on, you can be like, hey, was there another instance in your life outside of the one you told me about that you felt that way? And now that you're a safe space, she may be more inclined to share some other experiences with you that she hasn't thought about before too. I'm willing to bet it's not the first time that it's happened. And I hope it's the last, but it may not be. So for her to have someone that she can go to as a support system would be really helpful. And after that, I was thinking, when was the first time I was objectified? And a memory came to my mind of when we were at the lake in East Texas with me and my cousins, and we had some family members. And one of my uncles had a friend there with him, and he was probably like 10 or 12 years older than us. So there's a larger age gap. And I was 12, and I was in a black one piece, not a bikini or anything, just a black one piece. And my uncle's friend said to me, Wow, Haven, you're going to be a fox one day. And I remember feeling mixed feelings inside. One, I felt all of a sudden self aware. And very aware I was in a bathing suit. And then I also felt um, weirdly complimented, and like I liked it, and I liked the attention. Um, and overall, though, I felt unsafe. I felt all of a sudden like, "Oh, there's a I didn't have the words for it at the time, but I thought, there's a new dynamic at play here, and I don't know what it is, but it feels kind of uncomfortable. And then, later on in life, There's a couple more instances where I had another person in a position of leadership abuse their um, relationship. It was someone I looked up to. And late at night, he would send me inappropriate texts. And I at least had the wherewithal where I just wasn't responding. I didn't really want to engage at all. But even me, someone who had a good relationship with other authority figures or parents, I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do. I was like, are these comments benign? Did they matter? Should I voice them? But he would text me things like, you know that song, Apple Bottom Jeans? You look amazing in one of those pairs. And to this day, I can't hear that song on the radio without feeling pretty disgusted. And I hate that song. It represents something that feels way inappropriate and objectifying. And even as an adult, I went to a networking event a couple years ago, and it was all these positions of people in power, of C-suite executives and business owners. And I was standing in a group of all men in the circle. It was about six or seven of them. And one of them, um, he was saying, well, I have an MBA. Like, do you guys know what that is? And we were all kind of like, yes, like we know the term. He's like, no. He goes, it means married but available. And then he looks at me directly. He goes, so yeah, if you're interested. And I was caught off guard. Like I had mentioned my husband before and I was like, yeah, I don't have an MBA, like not interested. And I, I wish I had said more. I wish I had called out more, but I I just was and again, in the survival mode of like you just say like something to shut it down. And then later you feel the impact of how kind of uncomfortable that is. So it's not a unique story. I think women have stories like this all over, but I also don't think it's just in this specific lane of um, someone objectifying us. We just have different ways that we navigate the world that sometimes I just don't think men are aware of. And I'd like to help you guys be aware. Some of my listeners right now, I think only about 25% of you are male. I hope that gets bigger. It's not just a female podcast. There's space for you too here to glean and learn. And I hope this can help you. I hope this can help you better relate to the sisters in your lives or your mothers or your spouses or your girlfriends or your coworkers, or your boss and the people around you, because we are navigating different realities and I want to explore it together. So I have a guest today that I'm really excited about that she's here. She's one of my closest friends and confidants. She's also another female entrepreneur, so she understands navigating a male-dominated space, but... Even as I say that, I realize pretty much every space is male dominated, (laughs) like even the beauty industry that's like male executives. But I'm really glad she's here. She's also a mother. We have a mother's book club that we meet every two months where we talk about things. So there's a lot of different um, ways that relate here. But mainly, I just think she's a really strong voice for someone who is a female in this world going after what she wants and navigating in a way. So I want to welcome my friend
1: Janelle. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here, Janelle. I'm so happy to be here. We've been friends for a
0: couple years now.
1: I think it's been longer than a couple of years. I guess so, right? Yeah, like <laughs> Time we're... flies. I think it's probably been around five years that we've been friends.
0: Yeah, definitely, because we were acquaintances before and we kind of worked on projects, but yeah. especially when... We had children, Mm -hmm. and especially when you were launching your business, Mm -hmm. like those are what really solidified our friendship.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that we were able just to find so much common ground in motherhood Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and needing a partner to be at co-working spaces with in the midst of the world kind of returning from the pandemic. So Mm -hmm.
0: it's been fun. It's been fun. So I'm excited to have you on here. I'm sure you have your own experiences and everything. We'll get to that. But tell me a little bit of like, what do you do for work? What do you do for fun?
1: Totally. For work, I am an artist manager. Mm -hmm. Um, I run a company called Valara Management. I launched it about two years ago. It'll be two years on July 1st. I remember the inception. (laughs) And now here it is, a full-fledged company. Full-fledged company, employees, partnerships. It's been an incredible ride. It's been hard, hard. Um, in certain seasons, it's been really exciting in others. And so I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm riding the wave every single day, depending on like what's going on.
0: It's so true. And from the outside, like, oh my gosh, that sounds, you know, amazing and glamorous and travel and artist management. But like, obviously we're friends, so I've seen the inside, but I think too, it's so much of like leadership is like, we think of it of like, oh, like the pyramid, like you're at the top and that must feel so great, but really it's an inverted pyramid all of the pressure, all of the weight of those employees, all of the weight of the decisions and living at that elevated level feels on
1: top of your shoulders. It's so on top of my shoulders. And it's something that I knew going into it because artist management is that way in general, where as the manager, like you're kind of the center of their lives and you kind of encompass a lot of different roles, not only professionally, but also personally. Mm -hmm. The lines are super blurred. And so um, I always see myself as kind of like the center of a wheel. And there's a a lot of different spokes that connect to that wheel. And I'm in the center with the artist. And, you know, the spokes are their business managers. It's their record label. It's their families. If their families are involved, it's other partners that they might have in other spaces, other managers, publicists. And so we get to be part of all of those conversations So it's heavy, you Mm -hmm. know, like the, the triangle is definitely inverted Mm -hmm. in the job itself. And then being a business owner on top of that is, um, it's a lot of work. It is. And within the center of that
0: spoke, you're wearing like eight different hats even. Oh yeah. Sometimes you're business manager, sometimes you're confidant. Oh my
1: goodness. Like there are so many different times where I'm like, how did I learn this skill? Right. Because I don't remember like a specific (laughs) situation where, I put on that hat and I learned that skill. I think that just over time, because you get used to being thrown into so many different situations that it almost starts to feel natural. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just throw it at me. I've got it. Yeah. And so that's, that's part of the job, I think, is just like having the confidence to figure things out all the time and be resourceful. And then, of course, have like amazing people around you that can help you, like help me. Mm-hmm. And then also help the artist, you know, figure out what they need. And you built a great team
0: too. Like, oh that my comes goodness. out of you. I love your team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have the best team ever. You really do. Yeah, <laughs> I you feel left so out, fortunate. That can be make or break. But yeah. tell me
0: also a little bit about your world outside of work. What does yeah. it look
1: like? Um, I, I like to use the word fluid because mm-hmm. everything is, I feel like every single day is so different. Um, so, I have two kids mm-hmm. and a husband. My kids are six and three. Harper, who's six, and Lucas, who's three. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both like such different people in terms of their personalities. My um, my daughter Harper is incredibly artistic, and um, she loves drawing and painting and coloring. And she's definitely more introverted; like she loves her alone time. Um, and she, but at the same time, she's very social and she mm-hmm. loves you know making friends and. Um, kind of putting herself into new situations, which is really special to watch. And then my son, Luca, is three. He is in a season right now where energy is a real factor. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> And Little boy energy
1: and just a lot of things that I didn't experience with Harper. She's just a mm-hmm. completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm a first-time parent. Mm-hmm. And right? I am relearning everything all over again. So... I love that. And Wish then, me luck. Uh, I mean, I'm right in it with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like we both, that's why we have a book club. <laughs> it's it's like, so true. We don't know what we're doing.
0: What do the experts say? I know. And yeah. how do we take that in for ourselves? Yep. Because it- we did a whole book on um, raising worry-free girls. Mm-hmm. And then we did the book on raising emotionally strong boys. And they were very different books.
1: Very different.
0: And I gleaned a lot from each of them. Yeah. But I think it's interesting you said fluid. Mm-hmm. Because... I think that's counterbalancing the myth of like balance. Like how do we find a work-life balance? Like if you find it then like monetize. say let us
1: know. i going to say monetize <laughs> that
0: because you will make billions. I have no idea. I like to use the word rhythm.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: Of one, I'm a drummer. Mm-hmm, so yep. like rhythm is in me. But it's, you know, sometimes it's a fast-paced cadence, sometimes it's a little slower, there needs to be rests involved. Like I yeah. don't think my life will ever be in perfect balance. It reminds me of the office. Um Do you guys know the scene where they're watching the like TV thing and it's like trying to go into the corner? Um, I don't even remember what brand that is. Like it's, I'm going to ask my producer. DVD? DVD? DVD Okay, the DVD video. And they're just waiting for it to hit the corner. And when it hits the corner, they all celebrate. Michael Scott obviously thinks it's him. That to me is balance where I'm like, oh my gosh. I have hit the corner and then it's
1: gone. I know. And then
0: immediately something changes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never, I'm never in balance. Like today I was just thinking of, I have a big quarterly strategic planning session tomorrow. After this, I'm going to Marina Del Rey for a meeting. Like I'm not going to see my kids. It's Friday till Sunday.
1: Oh, I feel you deeply on that. So I have an artist right now who is in Europe. Uh And so the time difference is, you know, it's, it's pretty much opposite what we're on here. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up in the morning right now to so many emails and text messages and fires to put out. And Mm -hmm. so the mornings feel frantic Mm -hmm. on top of having two kids and getting them. It's like, I'm trying to work out, drink a little bit of water, have, have some coffee, maybe (laughs) like a banana. And then, uh, it's just, necessary because yeah. like when i think about the word balance mm-hmm. it actually makes me feel like i'm not doing a good job yes in specifically in parenthood mm. i would say because in my job i'm pretty good at it mm-hmm. and i and and because like i'm so supported in terms of like everyone else that's involved mm-hmm. I can get things done and I can also just like delegate and just tell people like, Hey, can you jump in here? Can you jump in there? Right. Um, And really like lead in that capacity Mm -hmm. in motherhood. It's different. Like Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about it this morning because my phone was, there was a lot going on on Mm -hmm. my phone. And, um, and my son just really needed me. Like he Mm -hmm. needed my, he kept saying, I want to snuggle. And I, and I know that, I know what that means, especially from all the books that Mm -hmm. we've read. Mm -hmm. Like he's just looking for a connection with me and no one else can do that. I mm. can't delegate that to Harper. You know, like <laughs> Totally. I, you know, she can give him something else relationally, but mm-hmm. like, that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And he needed that for me in that moment. And mm-hmm. I gave him that for as long as I could. And then mm-hmm. I told him that like, hey, mommy needs to step away and, and take a call. But daddy's in the kitchen and mm-hmm. he's you know ready to make breakfast with you. And so I try like we try mm-hmm. to handle things in that way. But It's just not easy.
0: No, it's not. It really isn't. And I want to hear too of like the practical of like, what does that look like for you in there? Because to me, it's like all, I want to go work out, but I like to be home by the time the kids wake up. Yes. Because I want to be there for when they're like, morning is starting and for breakfast together and Mm -hmm. for whatever the handoff is and then I'll go to work or if there's any instance of when I have to be gone early in the morning I never want to miss that bedtime Mm -hmm. so it's like if I'm gone in the morning I'm not going to be gone you know in the later afternoon I'm going to be home by four Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have this prime time together where my phone is away yep I I received one of the best compliments I think I've ever gotten someone was like every time you FaceTime me you're on the floor sitting with your kids
1: I love that. They're like,
0: you're always like, whenever they call and want to talk to me, you're sitting there on the floor. And I thought, oh, wow. I love that visual. I was yeah. like, I like that I'm down and with them. Of like I've always I'm noticed gone. that
1: in your Instagram posts too. Or when uh-huh. other people, like other childcare providers, like other babysitters that we have that are mutual friends, when yeah. I see them posting on Instagram, I always see you on the floor. Yeah. Like and that I to me is like that. the
0: in involved moment, but yeah. also- I talked what you were saying of like, you can't delegate that. I was talking to one of our clients because we run a virtual assistance company. And I was asking like, what's working, not working, what are you utilizing them with? And one of the things they said is like, it's revolutionized my home life. Hmm. They were like, because my virtual assistant can, um, my son's about to get his driver's license. They can book the DMV appointment. They can coordinate with my son on what works for him, what works for me. I, as the parent, I'm the one who shows up. Yeah. I'm the one who's going to have that moment with them. I'm the one who's going to like talk with them, Mm -hmm. get them squared away. Other people can do those other things. So I like seeing it too, of like, what
1: are these elements of only I can do this? And those are the things that I'm trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that they change because like, as our kids evolve and Mm -hmm. as they're like at different ages, like they need different things from us. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like there are specific moments that, I mean, the reading moment this morning was Mm -hmm. like a really good example. I'm like, this is this is me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fully on me. And so what are like the other areas, you know, that I can be involved for Harper or mm-hmm. other areas that Luca might need me right now mm-hmm. that only I can do? And can I delegate the rest?
0: You know, what's interesting is I have a lot of friends who are stay at home moms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just as difficult in another way. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, in general, I mean, in this okay. <laughs> instance. In most of life, it's more difficult, I would I argue. Would, I would say that's it's more difficult. Yeah. But I'm saying, in the time of like impacting moments. Mm-hmm. So, with your kids for 12 or 13 hours, like, it's very hard to be very present and very attuned for all 13 hours it's more it's more likely for me during the week who's gonna have a front end and a back end time book ending. Like oh. I am able to be my best self. At the end of the day, I'm a little more tired. Of course. But I can get into the zone of before I open my door, I always pray, God, help me give my children and my family the absolute best of the in, me in this moment. Better than I've given anyone else the rest of the day, help me give them my best. So good. But I can switch into that. Yeah. Because I've been having adult conversations. I've been having yeah. purpose before. But I think it's also difficult for a female who's like, I'm home with the kids all the time. Like, I need to detach. I need to like pull away. That's a lot to put on one person to caretake.
1: When I think of a lot of the conversations that we've had in our book club mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about like intentionality and parenting and We've discussed gentle parenting a lot. Mm -hmm. Gentle parenting requires so much of your own emotion and like focus. Mm -hmm. And if I were home full time as a full time mom Mm -hmm. or a full time dad or, you know, whatever the situation is, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would be a gentle parent all day long. Oh, my gosh. I can do it for an hour in the morning. And then when I come home after work, just like you, I'm tired and it's a lot harder. Um, But yeah, I commend any parent that's at home full time, because I just think that it's a really, really tough, tough job.
0: Gosh, more power to every stay at home parent. Yes. You are absolute heroes. And I, I'm truly, and like, you are the rock stars. You are changing a generation. You are, I'm going to feel emotional in this. No. Like you are bringing up um, an entire generation of kids who see your involvement and like Have you there for them every moment of when they need something, when they skin their knee or when they're scared or uh, upset or hurt, like you are there with them. And that will have trickle effect and impact for the rest of their life and into our country and into the world. Stay-at-home parents, like I have the deepest profound respect for you. And I think you're changing the world. I I have a different calling, but I madly respect that calling.
1: I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think 100%. it's incredible. Yeah.
0: Again, though, from my my take, my perspective, I'm in the workforce as a female. It's so different. Like it's so different of just bearing children. Mm-hmm. Of um, it to me, it's like a two year. Like you're not yourself for two years. For the year that you're pregnant, it's not nine months. It's actually ten. By the way, like by the way, by the way, because we've lived it. Yeah, it's ten months. <laughs> and it is a full 10 months and some people go over 10 months. Yeah. But then it's at least a year to a year and a half of like getting to know your body, your body's rechanging. If you're breastfeeding, there's no body autonomy. Like you're in service every 3 hours to like either a baby or a pump. Like it is a deep commitment to have children and work because you're going back to work and you're sleep deprived. It was so clunky when I came back from my first child. Like truly it was like, it was painfully terrible Yes, <laughs> of trying to focus. And I underestimated the severity of trying to go back to work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that while I was pregnant, another thing that like really impacted me and it was the first sign of, whoa, this is all going to be so different mm-hmm. is that I had my, like my memory wasn't as good. Ah, right. And I really, truly rely on my memory so much. Like there's so many different like tasks that are always on my plate. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't have like a system. I don't have like a list that I keep or anything like that. I really can. I can remember a lot. That's remarkable. I cannot. I I just can. It's a skill. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. But when I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. I could not remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember... I remember, (laughs) um, in that time I thought, oh no, is this never, is my memory never going to come back? Or am I going to have to develop new systems and completely like retrain myself on how to do my job because it's so different right now. Um, and luckily after I, um, had kids and then when I went back to work, it came back, Mm. but then I had, you know, a whole nother set of challenges, like you said, with like The nursing and um, the pumping, and I travel a lot for work, and so I pumped in the craziest of places all over—not really all over the world. I mostly stayed in North America Mm -hmm. for that first year, Mm -hmm. but um, but at the
0: time Harper was like, "My mommy works in New York." Yeah, she thought I worked in New York. Yeah, because you were traveling.
1: Because I was traveling so much, and like you know, my clients would be on morning TV shows and it's, it's, it's their gig, not mine. And so I'd try to find 20 minutes to sneak away into an office or a bathroom just Mm -hmm. to, I had to pump. (laughs) Yes, Yeah. It's a huge like time commitment. So I think one
0: of the things of like men don't understand of like what it takes to do all of the front end and the back end of like just those first like pregnancy and postpartum for a year. Like there's a lot, like you go home Wearing diapers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you still look pregnant. I remember I went to visit my first friend who had a baby, and I was shocked. I was like, "Wait, you still look pregnant?" Like that yeah, shocked me. Real. Oh, I also have a very embarrassing story about that. Oh, tell me. It was a big mistake. Uh oh. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Now on the other side, I'm like, you just didn't know. No, I didn't know. It was not harmed. I hadn't seen some. It was before social media was really like a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a woman I know who was pregnant, and so I hadn't seen her for a long time. So. I well like in the span of like eight or nine months, like Mm -hmm. but I went to go see her and I like saw her stomach and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet you. And then she looked at me and she goes, I had him a month ago. Oh no. Oh no. A cringe moment. Cringe. I Mm -hmm. didn't know what to say. And I said, I still can't wait to meet him. Like just like (laughs) where do you go from here? Like I literally had nowhere to go. But men women will look pregnant for a while afterwards. It mm-hmm. doesn't just go away. It takes like time for your body to reaccomate. You're going to go home. You and the baby are going home in diapers. There's yes. a whole kit. Frida baby is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they have an entire kit now of they actually are considering <laughs> women's needs. It's the best. They are incredible. Yeah. And I can't recommend them enough. So if you know someone who's going to have a baby, get them a Frida baby postpartum kit and get them the C-section one because you never know if they're going to have to have one. And it's good to have both on hand. You, you can never always return know. them. You can always return them or re-gift them. Or Someone re-gift. else is going to use yeah. them. That's a little bit of a tangent, but the stuff that our bodies and our minds go through. Yes. Is it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot as females. And even should you not choose to have children, mm-hmm. let's like place that to the side yep. of like motherhood. What are dynamics in the workplace where you're like, okay, I don't think men are tracking with what I'm um, experiencing here. Do you have any kind of understanding or experience of that?
1: I think that, um, I think that one thing that I've noticed a lot is just, especially when, um, like a male counterpart has a really supportive wife at mm. home. Mm. Um, I think that they are not always aware that in my role, I am still the mother. Wow. And so there are a lot of tasks that I do. I have an amazing husband who is very hands-on and and very, very supportive, but there are still things that fall into like our traditional roles, Mm -hmm. um, that I still have to be part of. Yes. And so I think that something that I always want, wish Mm -hmm. that like other men in the workplace understood about me and my experience is that it's just different from yours. Yes. And, and like, I do carry, um, it's not I, I was going to say a burden, but I don't mean for burden to be used in like responsibility is mm-hmm. a great word. I do cre- carry a great responsibility in my role in my household that is different from yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the reasons why I started my company was because, like, I wanted to be able to create a place within the music industry where I could kind of weave a little bit more mm-hmm. Um and be present as a the the kind of family member that I wanted to be. Mm. I'll I'll mm-hmm. remove it from motherhood too. Just like I wanted to be present as the type of um, family member that I thought that I could be, mm-hmm. and I wanted to create a space where I where other women could do the same.
0: Because it does get to a point where some women feel like, I need to take myself out of the running. And that drives can't me ju-
1: absolutely insane. Okay, tell me more. Um, I think that that's what I experienced over and over and over, is that there were so many women in artist management specifically that I saw step out of the job because they couldn't kind of like find their place within the system. Mm-hmm. And in like in the past year, I've had a lot of different conversations with um, – partners and artist management companies mm-hmm. mostly run by men mm-hmm. um where they sit across from me and they're like it's just so crazy that there aren't that many females in artist oh management Oh my gosh yeah and I just want to like it like hurts me inside you just start like because there's so much that mm-hmm. I want to say and I don't want to be disrespectful because like their experience is just it's just different from my experience just like I don't fully understand there's probably a lot of things I don't understand about their experience mm-hmm. Because I just don't walk in their shoes. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, like, should I pull out my list and tell you Mm -hmm. why? Like, and I could, you know, name specific names, like why so-and-so, why so-and-so, why so-and-so ultimately didn't make it in this job. um, Because it's like, it's a customer service oriented job. It's a lifestyle job. I always say that. Mm -hmm. And like, you kind of have to be available 24 seven for your client. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just the culture of the job. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that. But it does mean that there has to be a structure that you fit within, within your own company mm-hmm. where you kind of have the, the ability to also do the other things. And that didn't exist before. I think the pandemic has helped a lot. Mm. And I also just think that, like, the, our culture has shifted a lot, too. I think that the, the generation that's in their 20s, is that Gen Z? Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I think that Gen Z actually has brought a lot of positive changes um, to like the music industry. It's mm-hmm. the industry that I know. Yes. Um, but the music industry, because they have they have the desire to be more plugged into family life and friendships, and they just kind of create the space. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the combination between a new generation coming up mm-hmm. and, um, the pandemic creating like more of a work from home culture. Mm-hmm. That's like just accepted has shifted so many things.
0: And I love it. I love it too. Cause even you said this, like they created the space. Yeah. That's what I think of like creating the space or even like representation matters for sure. Your voice in that meeting mm-hmm. matters. Like, yeah. you know, like why I'll they keep left. Talking. <laughs> no, I mean like keep talking and yeah. saying like, I'll tell you, you know, like Absolutely. I find that often men just don't. They really are asking and they don't know.
1: Oh, they just don't know.
0: They just, they don't know. Yeah. And it's not a, like, a malicious thing sometimes, but oftentimes not. Yeah. It's like, how do we tell them or how do we, you know, give them a heads up? Mm -hmm. Or I had um, one of these quarterly strategics when I was, I was in Denver for it and I brought all my pump supplies, my little Yeti cooler, whatever, (laughs) we were going and I said, and um, I told my business partners, I said, hey, by the way, like my son's a year and he's weaning and my hormones are dropping. <laughs> I was like, I'm going off a cliff right now. I said, so if I'm feeling emotional, if it's a little shaky, like I want you to know, like that is impacting me in this moment. Absolutely. And I have to tell you this because it's going to impact our conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's also like, getting them up to speed and not trying to be like, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to be buttoned up. Like, I'm not going to insert that in. You're a whole person. Mm -hmm. You're bringing your whole person into wherever you are, like whether it's work or home or friendships. So it's like, okay, how can I holistically see this? Or you know what it makes me think of? (laughs) We have a shared, I'll call her a babysitter because she's 13 years old. We have a oh, shared yes. babysitter that's your neighbor. The way that we found her was we were going to Halloween, like in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. and she was handing out her babysitting resume.
1: Which I loved.
0: I loved it. She was seeing that she was targeting little kids mm-hmm. and their parents and handing it to her. And I, of course, called her because I was like, I 100%. got to support this young entrepreneur. Um, And on the phone, her mom was on the phone the whole time. And she, no, we called her, we had called her mom. It wasn't her number. Mm-hmm. It was always through her mom. And she had um, all of her questions to ask me about my children. Like, do they have any allergies that she should be aware of? Um, she let me know she's CPR certified. She's taken an online babysitting course. Would she like to send me the certification afterwards? Of course, yes. Everything yes. But her mom is like such a force. She's a oh, CMO. Yes. But we, I remember being like, gosh, how did you create this? And also, who are you? Like, she gave me more intrigue than the daughter and to some extent of like, how did this happen? So I remember I was like, I'm going to take her to lunch. Do you
1: want to come? And I said, yes, absolutely.
0: I'm in. And said, I said, Okay, great. Let's take her to lunch. And she um, gave me so much food for thought. She was just saying like, yeah, I just asked for what I needed
1: Hmm. and
0: I didn't apologize. And um, she was like, and they're just what are they going to do? Like, are they going to? fire me or let me go okay like that's a dumb reason or whatever like she just was so like non-apologetic yeah about incorporating herself as a single mother with her daughter and how that's going to impact her work and how she wanted her daughter to travel with her like all of these like um contingency extras that she had for her support still getting her job done and incorporating this and I was like oh there's a path Like you create your own path here. And she taught me how to do that. And I just have so much respect for her.
1: I think that one thing that stands out to me about that story Mm -hmm. is that I also think that you kind of have to be at your best, you know, as a professional, because Mm. Mm -hmm. you like when you're because you are asking for a lot. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for a lot. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you have to be really You gotta deliver, baby. You gotta deliver. (laughs) You gotta be really good at what you do. Yes. In order for those things to make sense for someone. And I and I think that as like a leader, as a business owner, as a person who's leading a company, like I'll have no problem giving people what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it comes to maybe situations that I understand too, um, that are different from like my counterparts. Yeah. But I want for people to also be like, they need to be crushing it. Yeah, that's true. If you're going to go for a heavy
0: ask, like you can't be underperforming.
1: But like, that's something that I know about you and something that I know about myself too, is that, I mean, we text at like 530 in the morning. It's true. As if, as if it's like 11 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: It's so true. I'll text anyone then. Just put your phone on. Do not disturb. Like, don't let me wake you just because I'm in a zone.
1: Check it once you're awake. But I do think that like, we both. Operate in that way, mm-hmm. and we have we work hard. Yeah, you know, and and I think that because of because of working hard, mm-hmm. because of a passion for what we're doing, too, mm-hmm. um, all of the rest mm-hmm. is a reasonable ask, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And what I want to do as a leader mm-hmm. is I want
0: to think about the females under me. I want to mm-hmm. think about the females in our company. I want to think about our female clients. Of um, I touched again of like our virtual assistants. One of them was like, what our assistant was telling me her impact for the client. She goes. I've buffered lunch breaks for her every day because she wasn't taking lunch breaks. She was like, I buffered to make sure that she was having this like specific time for herself to recharge and think about herself. I need to do that. You do? Yeah. <laughs> you need a virtual assistant, Janelle. I know. We yeah. need to talk. I think we've talked about it before. <laughs> we have talked about it. But truly of like, I want to think about all the females below me. And for be sure. like, how are you holistically? Mm-hmm. I also care that you're performing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. This I is want an element here. But perform. I'm also going to be thinking about like, what are the, like the other things, like if your kid is sick with RSV, of course, right. that's going to impact you. Of course. Like if you, even just a female, like if you have like a friend going through something yep. or if you're going through a breakup, like yep. those are things to consider in here as people, of as leaders, like, yes. okay, now that we're here, we're rising, let's change the tides. Yep. How do we do it? Yep. Whoops. Hit the mic. How do we do it? And how do we also just inform men and mm-hmm. just be like, and not a, like, you all men suck. Mm-hmm. No, I, not at all. I don't believe all men suck. I don't think so either. There's a small handful that yeah, there's really some. really suck. Yeah. The majority of them? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's like how can we invite them into our experiences better?
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that that's about us being vocal, which mm-hmm. is why I'm glad we're doing this this podcast because I think that in the past I've definitely been quiet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair. Mm-hmm. And like there are people that are, you know, that have been part of my life in the past that like I just wasn't super honest with. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from fear, you know, and like I think that also. Valid
0: fear, by the way. Yeah. Valid fear of losing your job or being I didn't ostracized. want to get fired.
1: Yeah. I live every single day. It's a little bit different now because I'd have to fire myself. But like <laughs> I live or a client can fire me, which would be worse. But like that I live every single day in the fear of getting fired. Wow. And, and Adam, my husband would always say, that's just Mm -hmm. not most likely won't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's something that I lived in.
0: Let's talk even more about fear of like, whether it's fired or not of like, I feel like that's a running theme for females Mm -hmm. of you were sharing with me about like when you run in an unknown city Yes, that, and this, I think many women can relate to tell us more, but it's basically being like, you're always on alert.
1: You're always assessing
0: a threat. You're always looking in the room.
1: Yeah. So for my job, I I travel a lot um, and I end up in a lot of different cities. And part of touring um, with artists is your days are full. Um, And sometimes when people say like, oh, you know, it it must be so glamorous to get to travel to all these different places. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because I'm like, I see nothing. (laughs) I typically see like the backstage of venues Mm -hmm. or um, if you're lucky, maybe one coffee shop maybe one coffee shop i make a very focused effort to like get to one coffee shop yes. but the other thing that i make a focused effort to do is i try to go on a run mm-hmm. i try to go on a run as much as i can outside in the cities that mm-hmm. i'm in because mm-hmm. i want to be able to experience the city mm-hmm. but when you're in a new city all the time um and even when i'm at home mm-hmm. i'm constantly on alert like mm-hmm. i do not live in my head in a place of like comfort. Mm. I live in my head in a place of it's fear for Mm me. Sure. Um, and I am, I'm always thinking like there could be somebody in that car. There could be somebody that is going to walk up alongside me and try Mm -hmm. to like grab me and put me in their car or Mm -hmm. they're going to like hold me up at gunpoint and Mm -hmm. all I'm going to have is like my phone. And so like I always, I struggle because I love running. Mm. It's a release for Mm -hmm. me. It's an opportunity to like see new places Mm -hmm. in like, you know, during a busy day. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like I always think through, am I going to wear my AirPods? Mm -hmm. Uh, They always have to be on transparency mode. But like, I do love listening to podcasts. I love Mm -hmm. listening to music. Like those things bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And I love doing that while running. Mm -hmm. And I double check myself all the time. Like, am I, am I being an idiot mm-hmm. by like listening to a podcast while running? Mm-hmm. Not Which, if it's my podcast. But. No, I mean, never. <laughs> but no, it's true. But like, like, can I hear what's going on around can me? Can you hear what's
0: going on? Or I think of, um, like Aaron has never walked with his keys like this. Oh yeah. Females were like, oh, we know what that's like in between your knuckles or yes. like with pepper spray. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. just different elements. But I also want to even kind of parlay a little bit of running and what that does for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like even as females, like moving our body helps our mental regulation so much. Like I found that in my life. And I didn't really believe too much in like hormone stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought like, oh, well, maybe like maybe PMS, like, I don't know. But early in our marriage, Aaron, at one point, like he, if we were having a fight or something, he'd be like, hmm, what's the date? And I was like, don't go there. It's not <laughs> that. What are you talking about? And then the next day I would start and I was like, Hmm, You're
1: like, he's onto something here. And then
0: he basically was like, Hey, you know that app you have on your phone? Can I, could I get it on my phone? Like he was like, that that's would actually really, very sweet. He's like, that would really help me know. Yeah. Like maybe what's going on. Cause the way that I describe it is like the week leading up to like a cycle, my emotions feel like they're on caps lock. Mm hmm. They're the same emotions I'm probably feeling. They're definitely intensified. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I can't trust myself. I can't trust the intensity of what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is a definite factor I have to consider in all things.
1: In decision-making especially. That's like one of the things for me in this season as I've been making what feel like bigger decisions than I've made professionally in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, where am I at hormonally? And am I about to say yes to something out of just whatever's happening within my body
0: yeah am i
1: scared because mm -hmm. that's what's happening to me in this month
0: (laughs) yes no it's a physiological response (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. that i think i
0: underestimated yeah and i think there's more power to explore there too like even within ourselves of like you should be tracking your cycle you should be noting like deep emotional dips and mm-hmm. what's happening in your body and just look for patterns. There may be patterns there. You may have hormone imbalance. I don't know. Like it's just stuff within ourselves of how can we even get to know ourselves better? Yes. Because I can't tell men how to understand me better if I don't understand myself. So like, what do I need to know about me too? That then I can translate. I agree. Yeah.
1: I love that he asked for the app. Oh, Aaron. Did you? Yeah. He's an angel. Like
0: he's just so pure of heart.
1: Did you give it to him?
0: Of course. That's great. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. Like, no, very helpful. My theory in relationships. I wonder if you think about this. It's a little off of, I think in every relationship from what I've seen, there's like one person who is like very kind, pure, like, you know, like more consistency or like neutral or just like a new, like a, an angel and then there's a spicy one that's a little more of hot takes and a little more intense and like probably has a pulse on things but you know they could go a little while and out and i feel like i'm the latter aaron is the former
1: oh yeah adam is stable mm-hmm. so stable that it drives me crazy mm-hmm. um because i'm like don't you want a little spice in your life? Yes. And then there's me. <laughs> he's like, I have it. I married you. Oh yeah, he's he's got it. He's fine. He's yeah. taken care of in the spice department. <laughs> and I don't think that's
0: a dynamic female male dynamic of like always. I think always that's just it. personality. I think it's personality. Well, we open this up to questions. So for the questions, I'm going to have you read off some of the ones that the users um, submitted to us.
1: Great. Okay. So um, one of the questions that we received is. Um, Why are men praised for some of the things that women wouldn't get recognized for? Hmm.
0: Hmm, hmm, hmm. I think gender stereotypes are at play there, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where before it was like the 1950s model of like the husband goes to work, the mom takes care of the children. It's weird that we still have those in place, like the three o'clock pickup. I'm like, who's picking up your kid at three if you're both working? Like how do they how is that the model we have? That's really difficult. Very hard. If both parents are working and like like what does that really look like? So I think sometimes it's these traditional things that haven't caught up to the times yet where it's a I know it sounds kind of like I'm not really answering your question. I think it's a great thing that dads or men are being praised for things. Yeah. Like I think it's great. Don't you want positive reinforcement for the it's stuff affirming. they're doing? It's affirming where Aaron he went to ikea and he said he had like five people stop him and be like wow like what amazing kids you have or like how uh, great are you out solo with them i have never once in my life been stopped and someone say you're doing a great job with your kids ever and aaron got it five times at one ikea
1: trip good job aaron good job
0: aaron like i don't know like don't get me wrong i think we should also be praising women yeah. for the impact that they're doing that does go unseen cuz otherwise like I don't I don't want it to build up resentment. Of course. But I don't think we need to praise men less for what they're doing.
1: I think I, I love mm. affirmations. Yeah. I'm a words of affirmation person, so I think that that's beautiful. Yeah. I just wish that it would translate over to the other side too. Yes. Um Adam when I was nursing Harper for her first year of life, like he traveled with me a lot for work mm. and, um, and he would carry her in the, in the baby carrier on the planes and in the airports. And like, he really did the majority of the parenting Yeah, <laughs> sure. other than me nursing. Uh-huh. And so, um, but he would get affirmed all the time, like mm-hmm. on the planes, it'd be like, Oh, such a, like such a good father, such a good parent. And, and part of me was totally okay with it because then when she started screaming, mm-hmm it wasn't as big of a deal. Like it seemed as if we didn't get like as many of the mean stares as maybe we would have received if I was the one holding her. Um, What a bizarre case study. It's a bizarre case study, but I just leaned into it. I was like, this is awesome.
0: Well, I even think about the planes of like, this is my personal take on planes is if a baby is crying, like most people feel like as a passenger, like, oh, I feel bad for myself. It's annoying. I can't sleep. The first person you should feel bad for it's actually the baby. Yeah. <laughs> that baby's having a hard time. Having a hard time. <laughs> that baby's hungry or uncomfortable or you know, diaper changed or the air pressure. Like, feel bad for the baby that can't communicate yet and doesn't speak English then feel bad for the parent caretaking Mm -hmm. because it is so much harder for them than it is for you as a passenger to hear that baby.
1: It's so stressful.
0: It is like right up in your face. You are trying to console. You know that it's a nuisance. Like you're doing the best you can. You're just shoveling Cheerios and iPad time or whatever is your like back pocket thing that's a special treat. And when those don't work, it just happens. So if you're a passenger, I have zero empathy that you're annoyed that a baby's crying (laughs) personally. I, th- I think that encompasses well. Like, we got some other questions, but I think – I don't want to keep it – the other ones came up from motherhood, and I think the experience of females and males is – different even if you don't choose that route for your life. I think so, too. So I want to kind of cle- like clear it off here. But thank you, Janelle. Like, yeah, I'm so glad to have you join me here. Thank you for having me. You it was are so much the fun. Busiest schedule of anyone I know. So whenever you said you were available on this one date, I just locked it in as fast as I could. I said, here's your hour Haven. Literally. <laughs> and we have to wrap it in one minute because you have a call. So thank you for your time. Of course. I thank love you. you so much. So you. for the closer of this episode, I want to thank you first for your time. And I don't know if you noticed, if you're watching this on video, I have Haven Podcast merch. I'm wearing the awesome hoodie. I love it. It's thick and durable. By the way, it's not one of those like little thin flimsy hoodies. It's really great quality. It's really comfortable. You can get it on the link in my bio and on there, you can also follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Instagram. Handle is at Haven the Podcast. You can also um, like, subscribe, and follow my YouTube channel. I'd love it if you um, check that out and then you could just be recurring. and Whenever new episodes come up, they'll automatically be sent to you. So you can submit email um, long form questions to hello at havenpod.com or just give me your feedback if something touched you from a certain episode or made you think about something in a different way. So I'm hoping by the end of this that we have males that listen to this, not just females because as females, it's mainly just going to be preaching to the choir and oh, I get it and me twos. but I hope this reaches some males and maybe causes you to think a little bit differently about the females that are in your life. So thanks for your time and I'll see you on the next one.